What's poppin'? It's the Ace Man here, and you're listening to Chain Clankers Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. We have another super exciting episode for you guys today. And if you are struggling to get aces, you're going to want to make sure you listen through to the end of this podcast. I know some of you out there have been playing for 10, 15, 20 years and haven't gotten ace yet. Today, that is all going to change. But before we get into the interview, I want to bring attention to all of you disc golf enthusiasts. Take your game to soaring heights with Upper Park Disc Golf, your one-stop shop for premium gear. From cutting-edge disc golf bags to stylish apparel, Upper Park has it all. And here's an exclusive deal for you. Using promo code CLINKERS10 at checkout and get yourself an extra 10% off your entire purchase. Don't miss out on this limited-time offer. Visit UpperParkDiscGolf.com now and remember to use promo code CLINKERS10 for that extra discount. Upper Park Disc Golf is redefining your disc golf experience one throw at a time. Today, we have got the Ace Man on the podcast with us. This guy is absolutely incredible when it comes to throwing little pieces of plastic in the park. He's got a 622-foot hole-in-one on video. He's uploading daily trick shots, aces. I've lost count personally of how many aces you have. I, I don't even know how you're able to keep count of all these aces. Mr. Ace Man, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We're just, you know, we're doing what we normally do in the morning. We're drinking our CO2, our coffee, getting ready to rock. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. Yeah, man. It's an absolute pe- pleasure. Super excited to learn a thing or two about you. And let's just kind of start off with, you know, where does your disc golf journey begin? When did you first pick up the sport? So we'll go back in time, back to 2008. I want to say eight or nine, maybe 10. I don't know. I was about 10 or 11 years old. I was playing hockey at the time and our coach, he wanted our parents to take us and do like low impact stuff, you know, that just got us moving, kept our heart rates up, just made us active away from the sport. Cause we had ice time three days a week and game two practices. So like, you know, there was more time off than on. So to keep us in shape and keep us prepped, that was one thing my dad and I would do. We went to the local play it again shop. We picked up a couple discs. I think my first disc was actually... I'll pull it out since it's right here. We'll show this for the camera. It was uh, this disc right here. This was my very first disc. It was a DX Valkyrie. <clears throat> and I don't know. It just felt good in the hand at the time. I was only throwing forehands. And I played for about two years. I played in Utah, like two or three courses. So I actually like did more disc golf adventure when I was younger than I do now. Because a lot of my stuff is local or like in Ohio or on the outskirts or edges. So that ended though. So that just like was this big epic thing. And then boom, it disappeared forever. 2015, my buddies and I, we would go, but we did it because the hiking trails were getting overpacked and we wanted to be more secluded. We're like, well, let's just like, just go to a disc golf course. That's basically what it is. It's a giant hiking trail. And then we were like, well, we're going to look weird if we don't have anything. And I had the discs that I had from back then. And so I gave my buddy a couple and then we would just throw, but we didn't really play. You know, we would like throw a drive, pick it up. We would walk it and then we'd get within like, what we'd call now circle one or circle two to try to make a cool little putt. We didn't really keep score or any of that. It was just an adventure. And then that kind of dissipated. 2018, I got into it again for about a year, but didn't play every day. I played like once a weekend, but it was, again, my buddies and I would do it after our band would play. Like we would do studio sessions and then we would go get outside and disc golf was fun because we'd, we'd crack a couple cold ones, you know, we would do the, you know, what everybody likes to leisurely do with the sport. And so, again, we didn't really take count. I sucked. I couldn't throw with anything. Throw with two hands, hook shots, like, you know, the beginner shot. Just trying to keep it in the fairway. I didn't care. No aces for sure. There was no – I just looked at the baskets. I'm like, people hit these from here? There's no way. Like, short tee, long tee. I was like, there's how – no people – there's no way. And that disappeared. And then 2019 hit, like, the fall, I think. And I started diddly-dallying with disc golf dies. I don't know. I got real into that. I was like, oh, I think that's pretty cool. I can do that now. And I started to sell them, but like I sold maybe 10 before I was like, eh, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm holding on to too many. And all all the ones I've done are up here. And so it just became too much money for me to just keep doing that as just a niche instead of selling them. So I was like, well, let's just start getting good at the sport. And then COVID hit, which then put me on full drive into it because gyms were closed. I mean, it was the one thing I could do to exercise 
and we get into it. We're grinding every single day. And then I got addicted to it, like absolutely addicted to it. I started looking up everything I could on YouTube videos. I started looking up ACE videos. And at the time I couldn't find much. I couldn't find many hole in one videos. And then I would type in like Frisbee trick shots and all this, but there was no disc golf aces. It was like once in a blue moon, did you see an ace from the coverage back then? Or like someone caught something on like a really crappy phone. I was like, man, what the heck? There's no one really out there like filming these and like sure simon lazat had his trick shots but again it was like where's like the compilation for three hours of just aces i want to just watch aces for three hours and i was like well i guess i could try to forge into that went out you know started working on it and then once i grabbed my first ace which that was dumb luck i mean i have that video it's hilarious like it's just stupid like 140 foot haul two hands on a dx leopard from like 1995 like goes up wind drops it like an elevator right into the hole it's on camera i'm like oh i'm the i'm the guy heck yeah but looking back at it i just laugh because i'm like that was the start of the like it's like dude it's fun watching them go in on the camera and so played a couple tournaments in 21 i think 21 or yeah how would it have been 21 only played three and i didn't really like care too much i found myself like on every hole trying to ace it like people were like, dude, why are you trying to ace this downhill? If you go long, you're like gone. And I'm like, dude, that's why I'm up here. I'm up here to try to hit this. And so the tournaments I played in, they were very unique. So the first one I played in was my home course. It was like the first official tournament in my home. So I was like, oh, that'd be cool just to get that experience and play and all that stuff. So I got to play with some buddies, which was fun. I didn't take it terribly too serious. And I, I damn near tried to run every single hole. You know, it's just like what is in my body. Um, and then like putting too, I always try to make the big putt. Like I don't try to lay up. I try to always make the shot. Like if I'm going deep, I'm going to go deep. But that's how I practice my comebackers and all that. So I was always aware of that in my game, but I didn't do terrible. And then the other two tournaments go on and I'm still getting the same vibes. I'm like, dude, I'd rather be ace running right now. I'd rather be out practicing. I'd rather be doing my own thing. And then time progressed into me not wanting to play tournaments and then fully investing into going ham on aces trick shots you know different ways to think about the game different ways to practice the game because i feel like practicing for most of us was traditional like we go to the field we get a handful of drivers mid-ranges whatever we chuck them we watch their lines we figure them out and then we go gather them and then we throw them back in the different winds i was like well why don't we just do this and aim it at a target that way there's like actually something for me to try to hit and like I can find holes that aren't going to be too treacherous in the beginning because I would go find holes that didn't have a lot of consequence. So like when I started ace running, I didn't pick holes that were near water. I didn't pick holes that were over water. I didn't pick holes that had like trenches and crap, like forest and stuff next to it. I, I picked holes that had a good aesthetic vibe, but like knowing that if I miss, I'm not going to be like, you know, sore or like butthurt that I just lost 90 discs because at the time, again, this was all like, 80% luck, 20% skill. And as time progresses for me, I think it's slowly switching. I think it's more 80% skill now and 20% luck because of the rate at which I can hit them. And it doesn't take me many to hit them. I mean, sure, new holes and longer shots, they'll take more because there's more variables at hand. There's more power, more exhaustion, fatigue is quicker. And I do this every single day. And like my schedule, the way I train is very specific on how my body feels. So if you see a bunch of driver aces and such, on like smaller holes i'm trying to work on like touchy shots i don't have to put a lot of effort in so if i throw a driver on like a 200 or 180 foot hole i don't have to do anything to get it there and i'm more or less working on like ground play for a driver because there's a lot of scenarios where i'll pull a driver out in situations none of us would be like that's a smart move and i go into it going there's no way this isn't a smart move and so either i make it or i know how it's going to ground play off the power i put on it and Again, a driver is going to go a lot further with little power, even though we all think that it's not. There's more wind drag when you throw a putter or a mid slower. You know, obviously, if you crack a mid or a putter, you're going to get a lot more carry. But with the driver, you don't have to put much effort to get a nice little shot. And if you know your angles and know your disc, it's just like darts or cornhole. So if I'm like 50 feet around some trees, yeah, I could probably throw a hyzer backhand putter around. Or I could take a driver and crack a little forehand to the ground and knowing that if it cut rolls, it's going to flatten out and land. Like I've just done it so many times that I just know whatever I pick out of my bag, I, I pretty much can put where I want most of the time. doesn't happen all the time. Trust me, I'm, I'm normal. But 
I'm pretty confident in how I how how my bag is and just how it's become. So that's kind of my journey up until now. It's again, it started, it progressed, it was in and out of my life throughout my life. It's always been around, but now it's just that thing that I found that I get up in the morning for. I cannot wait to get to the course. Like before we got on the podcast, I got up about an hour early, got my coffee, went to the course, took some pictures, and was just on the course, just being there. I didn't play or anything. I knew I, you know, we had this, I was on a call, but I just wanted to be there take that in before this like that's what disc golf is to me like i have to get it in like sometimes i'll just drive through my course before i go to work just to see it like that's how insanely obsessed i am with it yeah i mean it sounds like you've got a ton of passion for the game which i think is critical to kind of helping with that burnout not getting burnt out but also wanting to go out and make content making content can be super exhausting and so when you have that passion and that desire and that want to be out there it just makes it fun it doesn't make it work which seems how it is for you and that's absolutely outstanding and and there's a lot to unpack there and i think the first place i want to go to is i think it's so awesome that when you first got into the game you kind of had those two spurts where you played stopped playing played stopped playing okay now you're fully invested we've had a lot of players on this podcast before who are like yeah i started playing and then a month later i was winning advanced so then i went to mpo and then you know i was on the pro tour in like six months because disc golf was too easy and it's so much more exciting to hear a real story i'm not saying those aren't real stories but to hear a story like yours where it's like no I struggled. I sucked. I was not good at disc golf. And then I continued to work on it. I continued to fall in love with the game. And then I got better and progressed. I think that's what's exciting. And hopefully the listeners agree as well, because I think we're all kind of in that camp of when we first went out, we were probably shooting over par by double digits, if not in the 20s or 30s. Like, it's not going well. Throwing 150 feet is maybe the max. And that's kind of something that I've been dealing with a little bit is some guys have been coaching recently is they first got into it had absolutely no care like it was a struggle to get them out there they got out there and they found that it's actually kind of fun and that they can see themselves getting better and let's all be honest it's a lot less expensive than ball golf just to go play sure you can make disc golf expensive you can go buy all the fancy discs but 90 percent of the time you don't have to pay to go to the course which is huge and so you couple that with the fact that they're starting to see themselves get a little better get a little better and then they want that coaching they want to improve they want to see progress and it's just so nice hearing that about yourself and that kind of then makes me think of you know you were saying that in the tournaments you played a couple but then just kind of found yourself really more into getting aces and and not caring necessarily about score maybe like is that kind of how you would portray that and like have you played tournaments since then yeah i mean i've always like i'm competitive in nature right but like i look at each hole as my main battle and if i'm not giving it my all if i'm not trying to give you the exciting line then like what's the point like for me that's what i'm doing like i'm the ace man like that is what i've titled this like i've branded it like that and you know Simon Lozada have to give a lot of credit to the influence because he's the one who really them like him and then like 2020 Jomez, like they both sucked me in, right? And the reason for Simon's stuff was he made it look less stressful. He was like, dude, if you don't want to play the tournaments, like do some cool stuff, like do some trick shots, get creative with it. Like it was just an innovative way to express creativity. In disc golf, if I'm competitive, I might be thinking in my head as a competitive player that doesn't want to think of the ace line or that they might be still thinking creatively because they got to design a shot to land where they need the next shot to go to go in the hole or whatever but in my head i'm like let's get more creative let's try to create the most insane way to get to the hole because in my head i think everything can be reached so like from any t-pad from anything it can be reached like i have parked some holes that you shouldn't park and like they don't happen all the time but just knowing it's it's possible makes me go why wouldn't you try for it? Because the fail is going to happen way down the fairway. You're not going to be far away. So on holes that I used to like upshot or I would pitch up to like the short tee to get my deck. These are, we're talking like par fours here. But like if I'm like pitching up to a shorter like drive to park a good second shot, I'm like, dude, why don't you just run it? So like I just started setting up multiple camera angles, getting all these different things so I could see where my discs were going. And I eventually found out, like trust myself more. 
you know, and now I can you know, park in holes that are way farther than they need to be, but you're also, you know, limiting your risk factor too by, by getting down the fairway. Like, even if it's in a bad spot, you're still closer to the pin. And I realized disc golf is easier when you're closer to the pin, no matter how difficult the shot. And I think I've found every way to scramble out of the woods as possible. Like, I have this weird shot I don't have on camera, which I use it all the time, which I probably should do this after the video. But it's, uh, like, I call it the cornhole, like, like, you spin the disc upside down, but you, like, also pitch it. It's real bizarre, but it does, like, weird, like, coin effect. And it just settles right where it lands. It works, like, 90% of the time if I can get it out of the gate. But, yeah, I mean, I hope that answered the question. I'm not... You know, I'm kind of going off on the rail there, but that's you know kind of what it is. No, that that makes sense. And something that I kind of got from that, and I don't think you explicitly said these words, but what I was taking from it was the have fun factor is super critical in every disc golfer's aspect. And I think we've gotten a little bit to the point with this big boom and tournaments taking off and disc golf's growth that if you're not playing tournaments, then why are you playing disc golf? If you're not being ultra competitive and going to league night every week and always keeping a U-disc round on your phone, then why are you even going out there and playing? And what I'm getting from you is, sure, it's okay to do that, but also you should just have fun and go and try to make those crazy shots. Who cares if you don't hit the basket and you now have a tough putt coming back? Use that as a learning opportunity. Like Maybe take a little bit of a chill pill and don't get so mad or frustrated and just go out and try something different if you're going to the course and you're throwing the exact same disc on the exact same hole on the exact same line day after day after day try something different yeah no i totally i totally agree the one thing that i see that aligns with that is my practice is very isolated so if i'm out there by myself i'll park a hole like this is days where like i have days where i go practice rounds i probably get about three to four rounds of real disc golf a week i try to play my home course because it's a course that makes you throw everything and there's a lot of ob there's a lot of risk it's just a, it's a good practice course it's a very good technical practice course it gets boring because i see it every day but you know you start you know i try different things find different ways to navigate it and like i like to say i finished that course pretty good now um but the practice that I think is the most valuable is if you just park a hole and start throwing at it. And then if there's not a busy time at a pitch and putt, what I'll do is I'll throw to the hole I'm trying to ace. And then when I'm picking up my discs, I putt them all. I always collect and putt. I, oh, if I throw 20 discs, I got to putt them all. That's like the discipline of it. Like each time I go back to the tee, it should get harder for me to ace. I should be more exhausted. I should try to push harder because that motivates me more to try to get it. So when it does happen, you're super excited about it. And sometimes the 500 throw on a really difficult hole after you basically like killed yourself and you're like running on low on battery and you know that like if you don't get it, you're going to go home like completely defeated and know that you got tomorrow, it's going to be the same battle over again. So the motivation kicks up high and when you get that shot right before the camera dies on like the millionth throw, that is more satisfying than a first shot ace. I've had plenty of first shot aces. Like there's, I've had, you know, some insane shots off the first throw, but the first throws to me, like I get it switches. I feel like on the first throw, you have a 90% luck, a 10% skill. Like your 10% skill encompasses 100% accuracy on your actual skill. But we're talking like the actual ability to ace on the first shot. Maybe not a close shot because like closer shots, you just as you have skill, you can aim a little bit quicker and get there. But we're talking holes over 205, 210, ones that like have a little bit of a variable after you throw. There's just a, there's just a flipped in script. Like your second throw would then be switched. It'd be 90% skill, 10% luck. Because you've already saw the reaction, you can now switch into your skill and then change it. But the, the those shots that take a thousand days to get are the, the ones that happen in the most ridiculous way. Those ones feel way better. And you feel way more like a boss than when it goes in on the first shot. First shots for me, I'm like, cool. I went in sick. I'm like, I'm still like completely shocked and like, that's sick, dude. But again, there's just something about that work effort to try to get it. And when you finally hit it, you're just like, like you got it. Like that basket is now KO'd. You're done. You can move yeah, on. I like that. And so I've had this debate with Horatio on this podcast. My brother-in-law, he initially did the mm -hmm. podcast with me. And so 
we had a debate episode where we talked about what is a real ace, and he was on his grind of a real ace has to be the first throw off of the tee pad. I completely disagree with that. I don't care how many throws you do. If it goes in, I'm counting it as an ace. Are you counting all the – like what do you consider a real ace? If you if you take a picture, you get the ace, you take a picture, you put it online, I, I understand this is most of your content. But it then – is that a real ace, or is that a okay? Well, I got that on the 40th throw, so it's not really an ace. But for the for the brand, it's an ace. Like, what do you consider a real ace at the end of the day? This is a great question. I'm glad that we're talking about this because I feel like people that watch this listen up. This is gonna take care of your problems and take care of this question because I've answered this question I think a couple times on um, my own page, and then. Joseph from another round, he actually did a live one day and I have it. I recorded it on my other phone so I could have what he said as proof and backup of what I believe too. He said, and I quote, he goes, I don't care how many discs it takes. If you pack up a briefcase with 300 discs and take it to any course and it takes you all those shots, but you get it in, it's an ace. So the way I look at it is if you're playing a tournament or you're playing like a round with your buddies based off your house rules at the beginning, like, will you declare that an ace? If I'm playing a tournament, no way, or no way, A, you're taking another shot from the drive. You're just going to get a stroke and that's a violation. So like, clearly, no, you're not like an ace. Real scheme of it is the first shot. That is what it is. It is like, you know, getting a flush in poker. Like hey, you have done it. That is the ultimate. But in my head, an ace also symbolizes accomplishing the mission. So, like, for me, you don't ace if you quit. And that doesn't just apply to disc golf. That actually applies to everything that I, you know, have going on in my life. Like, if I don't give my client 100% attention because I feel they're not motivated enough and they're not as awesome to train as these other people... Like, then I'm failing them, and where, therefore, I am the whole, whole my brand, which is the ace, man. Like, I am here to accomplish my mission and do it until I get the job done, until we need to find the next pursuit. And so, the ace for me, when I get one on the first 10,000th, whatever, they all mean the same to me. Like, I don't differentiate a first one and a 40th one on my page. Like, it's at the point now where if I even say, oh, this is a first shot ace, it will be a first shot ace, but, like, the content is so common that everyone's like, oh, he probably threw 90 discs. He's just saying that like, I just have to say it for myself. Just so when I'm scrolling through my own purposes and enjoy my own content, I can go back to like, God, I gotta go back to that one that went in on the first shot. Like that was nuts. Because when I watch the first shots, it feels better to me. Now that's different, right? So I said that it feels better live when you hit the one that you've been working on. Going back and watching the first shot, they feel better because they're did. They're like, you did it. Like you were, you just were magic on that. And so, at this point, like for the people that really understand what I do, the first shot label for them and for me. But there's people out there that are gonna be like, oh, he's never thrown a first shot. I said, you look at my dude. Yes, I have. Like there's, no, it's for as many discs I throw, for as much as I play, like I've had plenty. Yeah. So what I'm kind of getting from that so, is. If it's on that first shot, it's more magical. It's more exciting to watch back for you. But everything is an ace. It doesn't matter if it's the 40th throw. It's still an ace. It still counts the exact same. And so that kind of brings me into your content and your content strategy. You have found a niche where you are the ace man. And so then going on that, how does that pressure of I have to get an ace today for an Instagram post, for a TikTok reel, or you know, all these different things you have to do across the board in order to continue to grow your brand, how does that pressure impact you on the course? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So, in the beginning of the page, because at the very, very beginning of 
what is now Pierce the Sky DG. It was strictly just disc golf content I didn't want to post on my main account. Like, I had a personal page, you know. I had a good following on that, but it was all random. And when the algorithm and everything started to switch, you know, it became not as popular. So I was like, you want to post disc golf content on here because the followers that I had were more into, like, just not that. It was corny to most of those people. So I made the disc golf page, what is now my main page, uh, as like a place to dump that content. You some interesting discs. It was like disc golf eyes. Uh, here's a couple putting techniques. So I've had like decent putting. Even when I sucked, putting was like my strong suit. Like I've always just had naturally good putting. And so I was like, well, that's one thing I can kind of highlight. Um, so that was like the page in the beginning. I didn't post every day. I didn't make reels. I didn't really care about all the TikTok stuff. I was just like, here, here's some stuff. 50 views, like nothing crazy. And that's what I expected. And then the pressure to actually get content didn't start hitting until probably 2021, like summertime. You're trying to go out and get this content. It is in mind that you might not walk away successful. You go into it going, I may not get the shot that I'm trying to get today, but I got to remain optimistic and I need to believe that it'll go in. And some of the craziest shots that I've experienced or that I got on camera have been the ones where I've missed, but barely. And I get kind of upset and mad and I go into the next shot with a little bit more passion and aggression. And somehow like it's happened where it goes in and it's like, that's what I had to do. I just had to do that. And like, you're just like, it just blows your mind sometimes. The, like how the content happens. Sometimes you just roll up to the course and I'll just get content like that. I mean, like some days you go and you hit the lottery. Like there's been days where, for example, I went to this course. It's like 50 minutes from my house. I didn't plan to go to it. I was driving like I typically do. I don't pick a course. I kind of drive and I kind of feel the vibe of the, you know, the nature around how I'm feeling like. Musically, like what kind of music am I listening to will also determine like what course I go to. Like each course offers a different sound and color to me, which is kind of weird. But like I go to where the vibe is strong. And one day I was driving out in the country and I was close to a course that I love, but I never venture out there because it's a big course. And I hit an eagle on a hole you're not supposed to eagle. And then immediately after aced the hardest hole through a gap. And then I hit two other aces prior on the course. So it was like, I mean, I spent maybe an hour and a half at that that course and got content that some days would probably take me all day, if not more days, to try to achieve. So I look at it, it's a give and take relationship. Some days you get, some days you give, and you you know, try to get as much as you can when you're out there with the time that you have. And you're trying to get away with getting more than, than you need. So if you do happen to miss a day or have an off day, you can go back into your vault and kind of pull from that and try to create something. So the stress for me is kind of low right now in terms of how I get my content because I've got so much I haven't even shown. I think I've got like 1,200 some posts, but I have over 5,500 uh, videos of shots wow. and other things. I've got four iPhones that are full on storage. So like the phone I record on, I have to go in every day and like find shots that aren't going to make the cut. So I've deleted like probably hundreds of aces. And those aces or those hole-in-ones aren't counted on my hole-in-one count on my bio. Like where it says 622 hole-in-ones on video, that's describing, you know, how many aces I have from a cement tee pad or a, a prescribed designated area for the course to the hole. I don't include trick shots. I don't include the field aces or like the homemade DIY aces. I don't count that into that hole-in-one count. It has to be like on a U-disc kind of thing for me to count it on that. Um, but having all those shots in the vault is nice because I can go back to those and introduce new content that might be two years old, or I can go back and refurbish good content that did well that I want to expose again in a different way. So I could probably miss the next year and have posts to post two, three reels a day still. So at this point, it's wow. like, if the content is good, then I'll post what I got that day. But sometimes like, on the weekends, I try to just pull stuff from the vault and throw it up there because a lot of people are not really paying too much attention. Like, I know I don't pay that much attention on social media. Like, I always end up getting, like, my feed excitement Monday through Wednesday. So I kind of figure some other people out there might be like that. So the weekends is for people 
that really enjoy what I'm doing. And if they catch like a cool niche trick shot from back then with a non-disc mania disc or some sort of like putting tip or five minute video of me just fishing this out of the water, like that's what I'll do. Like I'll just post that niche content. Um, so yeah, I, there's just content for days over here. Like I, I really don't stress about it too much. Like it do get mad though when I haven't hit like a new ace in a while or a new line mm -hmm. on a hole. Or, like, there's been areas where I've hit metal so many times and chained out. Like, currently, I'm working on a behind-the-back shot from 210 feet. And I've parked the hole every time. Most of the time, I chained out twice, and I hit the band once. And it's, like, it's so difficult to take that beating because you're throwing behind your back with the phone in your hand. So when you capture, what, like, it could be done. Because you get sore doing the behind-the-back shots. I mean, my chest gets ripped apart. Like, I have to train just this side more than my left because of that hyper extension in my reach back when you're throwing like this. And so when you like, when you get those shots, you're like, Oh, the torture is over with like my arm is it's done. Like I I'm thankful. So when they happen early, you're thankful because you're going to keep your shoulder. But some of those longer shots, like the past three days I've been running this 210 foot shot from a hill behind my back, which I've double aced before with sky gods. I've done forehand. I mean, I've, I've beat this basket up, but the behind the back shot, I've just, it's beaten me and I've come close. Mm. And so, I don't know. I it, it just, it gets crazy with what kind of content I can create. And I know that behind the back stuff will never get tiring because it's, it's a lot harder than it looks, but it's also very on command with me. Like I know if I'm going to hit a behind the back shot from like a hundred feet, I'm, it's going to happen. Just give me like 10 minutes at the most. And I'll just change angles and try to find different ways to throw it in. Um, I hope that answered the question for anybody out there who's wondering how I do my content and how I store it and how I go and think about it. I just, aces are always priority number one. And then trick shots are priority two. And then everything else beneath that is like, oh, he did like a little skit. Like I did a skit yesterday where I got the Discmania box and I was just trying to be corny, kind of funny, like something more filler content to post someone like I didn't have anything I wanted to reveal at that time slot. I was like, if you see it, you see it. If you don't see it, you don't see it. I'm not wasting an ace. I'm not wasting a trick shot at this time, but I want something to be posted so someone can see I'm still doing something. And then, you know, that's just how my content priority goes. I started out as trick shot guy. So I'm going to stay that like, I'm not veering off the path. If anything, we're just going to try to create more epic stuff. I want more. Dr I want drone footage. I want follow flights. I want 360 cams. I want, like professional grade quality. Like I just want to progress to getting the shot more in touch with the viewer on how I see it. When yeah, I'm that, live. That's awesome, man. And, and also shout out to you for, I think you said what four iPhones with uh full storage. I feel yeah. like that is absolutely brutal. I, I feel like I'm constantly having to delete videos, photos off of my phone just so I can go get the next day's content. So uh, that that's pretty big time. What what made you decide to do that? I mean, yeah, you got what is that four right there? I mean, these was it just cool. you these, couldn't get rid of are, older stuff? I I cannot I cannot record anymore with these. This I have to constantly keep in check and whatnot. And I have a hard drive with more shots on it, like a cumulative shots of all my stuff. There's probably well over 10k of different shots, like trick shots, pots, like. I just, there's so many cool things I have and there's a lot of stuff I forget to post. So when we go back to the content and how I do it, I'll sometimes go in my computer, scroll through like the hard drives. Cause I have deleted hundreds of videos off all these phones because of the storage, but the storage just climaxed up and then you get a new phone and then this one has zero storage. So like my iCloud is full. So I have to take all my iCloud info and put it on a hard drive. I've got a flash drive that has like 10 or 13 shots that aren't anywhere else so i have to make sure i keep this flash drive and there's actually a shot on there i haven't posted yet that is pretty sick which i probably should but it, it gets the stressful part i guess for me is choosing like what to like post like are you mm -hmm. are we have we seen enough aces am i posting too many aces do we want like more of me talking to you or do we want more of like oh what can he do with the tomahawk through this gap like that kind of stuff. So I try to look at like ace video, ace video. Like I'll try to hype up a couple posts where I just put out some insane content and then put some filler spots in there. So if you're a real fan, you can actually like relate to that and actually be like, oh, you know, he's normal. <laughs> he's not just like the trick shot mm -hmm. ace guy. Um, 
yeah, hope that answered some more of that question there too. Yeah, for sure. And so then when you go out to the course and you're deciding to film on this hole, how many shots are you like, like if you're playing a round and you're recording also, like how many shots are you taking on each tee pad? Are you shooting it until you hit it? Or is it like, okay, I'm going to give it 20 and then I'm going to move on to the next hole. Like how, how do you kind of break that down? So if I'm golfing with like my buddies that, you know, they humor me, you know? So like if we're on like a, if I have like a really unique looking approach where let's say there's water involved and I have my bathing suit on. Cause sometimes when it's hot out, I'll put a bathing suit on just for the off chance. One goes in the water on some like, you know, shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. Or you try to run a shot that has a risk to it. I want to be prepared to like get that shot back because all the discs I use are, they all mean something like I would do anything for them. Like they literally have so many epic shots. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, I can't lose my discs. I won't let it happen. Like I will do whatever I can in my power to find my stuff. So if there's like a cool angle where I may have gotten shanked off the tee pad and there's like a cool angle by water, I can try to maybe hit something and know that if I miss my, you know, risk going in is going to be there, but like, it's going to be on the shoreline, not deep enough for me to freak. I'll maybe run like a couple at it just for content purposes. Um, just because that's casual, no one's competitive when I'm doing that. Like we got music on, typically my buddies are cracking a couple claws or high noons and I'm never, I, I don't try to, I don't try to participate in that as much anymore. I, I mean, I don't mind a little brewski here and there, but like sometimes my buddies just want to go out there to feel something and I'm out there trying to just have fun with the disc. Um, so in that case, like we'll take maybe two off of one. I'll try a backhand. I'll try a forehand, you know, practice round style, you know, take a couple shots here and there. We don't score. Um, unless we're like competing for like who's buying drinks after who's buying food after like maybe we do something like that or uh, we'll come up with rules at the beginning like you're allowed nine holes where you can throw either two drives or a putter so basically you get like a mulligan on nine holes you can use it for any mm. of your shots but if you miss like if you use it for a putt and you miss you get two strokes so there's like a higher penalty to reward so like there's more pressure oh. so I kind of like that idea a lot um, but if I'm playing with like other creators or, you know, other professional disc golfers who like actually compete, then like we keep it real. Like we only throw one shot here and there. And then like, maybe there's a mulligan hole where like, we all agree like, okay, I get it. You can throw one mulligan, but typically on edge, if I'm playing with people at the professional level or at the serious level, we play the game and then we go do our thing. Right. So we compete and then we go do our thing, but it's never like tournament based right like we just get together like anybody but we just have our own our own little crash course on a card and that helps me because that makes me you know see where I'm at during the skill wise and more times than not I'm pretty impressed with my performance going like yeah I'm yeah like I would rather be acing it again I always go back to like oh I want to take five more at this hole because I'm getting so close already like the first shot's parked like let's try to see if we can get this you know the chains to ring and so I it just you know it just depends on what and who I'm with, will that determine gotcha. kind of round we have and how many discs we throw? Yeah, for sure. And so to newer players or players who are struggling to get aces, what are maybe like three tips you would give them that would help them hit some aces? So the first thing we'll look at in this question, um, we'll look at mechanics. It's all about your mechanics. And like, I don't have the world's greatest backhand, and I know this. I can pump a disc for sure, but it, there's like a certain feeling that I'll get when I get that. And I don't ever try to recreate it because it's always random when it happens. So when I get like a really good release on a shot that's far, it's very rare that I get it to happen all the time. So I find discs that are going to help me more, like let the disc do more of the work. So I like, I like overstable, understable discs when I'm trying to throw far aces. So if you're trying to like throw big aces, you're going to find out that if you throw overstable discs or like negative one twos, negative one threes, anything, anything in that range, zero twos, all that stuff, you are going to tear your arm apart because even if you can wick it and you can get it to fly and do all its thing, I mean, you only have so much of that before that disc is going to beat you and you're going to start releasing early. You're going to start getting pain in the elbow because these missions I go on, they're hours on end. Like these are four to six hour sessions. And so if you're trying to get an ace, sit out a hole and just run it until you get it and like feel good about it. Don't judge yourself for going oh, through 30 discs. Who cares, man? You don't got to tell everybody. Like that's a problem that some of my teammates have that I sponsor with 
ace man is they get freaked out when they post and they have to tell the entire story about why they threw four discs and why like it's not a real like don't explain it like we're here to watch the shot like it's no different than when someone is doing like bottle flip or ping pong trick shot like we see all the failure but we're not you don't care we're we're seeing the moment that it happens that's the cool part so don't beat yourself up if you're ace running or you're doing this and you like get one on camera or you get one and it's not on the first shot still be proud of it tell people yeah i've aced it like there's no denying that if you made a fourth shot from the t-pad to the hole you've done it you've you've done it like if your round started on that shot you would have aced the hole so i always put that in my head too like there's been times where we've been practicing and like i've hit metal i've done this that and the third and then my buddies are like all right let's start the round I'm warmed up on the hole already I take one shot and it goes in on my first on the on the start of the round. It might be my 90th shot, but we started the round because we felt like let's just let's just get it going and it went in. So although that ace was on the 90th shot, it was the first shot of the actual designated round between the people I'm with. So how do you count that? Is that an ace? Well, it is on the card because we started the round, but it was my 90th shot. So what's the difference if it was my 91st shot when there was no round to start? Is it now not an ace? Like. So don't beat yourself up over that. Don't beat yourself up over how many times it takes you. If anything, I want you want to fail 90,000 times because what's going to happen is all of your shots are going to circle the basket. You're going to be within 10 feet. Like this is what happens. Like you start getting mad at yourself because you're not going in the hole, but you walk up and any disc golfer would see where your lies are and they'd be like, dude is dialed in. But for me, I'm like, it's not in the hole. I'm not dialed in. It, they all clumped around the hole. And it's perfect shot for the actual like design of how to play, but my mission is always it's not it's not if it's not in the hole I'm not I'm not dialed in. And so sometimes you'll get in your head about that, which I have to calm myself down, going, dude, like it doesn't have to go in the hole. Like these are good golf shots. But I guess my niche and mission is to get those shots. So if your niche and mission is to do that, then you're going to be kind of riding the wave I'm on, where you're going to have battles with yourself. Um, so the mechanics of your body are going to play a big part in at least creating the consistency to not run into those mental problems. Because as long as you find something that you can do for an hours on end, trying to get a shot, you're going to condition your body to do this, you know, in no problem. Um, the second thing that you can do is strength train. I know that seems wicked, but I do believe that if you're going to be doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if I didn't strength train. And you don't have to go crazy on it. Like we're talking a lot of core, a lot of single leg stability, a lot of shoulder mobility, um, a lot of head and neck mobility too, because when you're snapping and turning so many times, like I used to get hyperextended neck in my left side when I throw forehands because this side of my neck would stay stable and this side would go. So I would always be looking at my target, even though my whole body's rotating and I would get really bad pain through my neck. And I was like, dang, I'm going to have to start doing mobility on it. And I see people that will play with me and they'll be like, dude, I don't know. Like, are we done? I'm like, what do you mean? Are we done? I'm like, we've been out here an hour. They're like my shoulder's starting to hurt my neck. And I'm like, I'm just getting warmed up. Like my arms are just starting to get ready to go. And so I realized like I can, no one has ever been able to stay out ace running with me as long as I've been able to, to stay doing it. And I challenge anybody out there to try to come with me and, and experience like a whole two days worth of this because I'm telling you right now, like it's exhausting but it's so rewarding, but it's also, it's, it's no joke. Like I don't go out here for an hour. Like if I'm on a mission, it's, it's, we're going to be out there until the sun is going down. I'll forget to eat. Sometimes I'll be out of water for a couple hours, things that aren't good for you, but it's like your focus level gets so high. And if you can achieve that just by doing what you do, then you're going to be in great shape to be able to, to ACE run and do all this. And if you can strength train around it and actually train like an athlete a little bit, do some stretching to get your body just prepped for it. It becomes the greatest exercise you can do. I don't have to work out as hard in the gym because disc golf kills me. So like I can do good, powerful movements in the gym for about 20 minutes and then have six hours of volume of disc golf and that's squatting, lunging. You know how it is. You're deadlift. I mean, you're picking mm -hmm. up items. You're throwing your fast twitching, your low impact cardio. You're getting exercise beyond the rooftop. But if you can strength train around that, I think that's going to help you become more consistent, not so fatigued, and you're going to be mentally more prepared to deal with that fatigue if it does kick in. And the third thing, throw more than one shot. Stop playing rounds as practice. 
that's the biggest thing I see the, that, that that kills people. Stop playing rounds as practice and stop getting overwhelmed when you go to a course and you don't shoot well. Like, who cares? I don't care what your rating is. I don't care what you shoot. I don't care if you beat me. I could care less if I beat you. Like, I don't care. My mission is simple. My mission is to capture epic content to just watch that it can be done. And every ace I have is supposed to represent, to me at least, and hopefully maybe to some out there that are a little bit more deep in thought, can look at it like, okay, if he's hitting this impossible shot through these trees and it hits a tree at the right time and it shoots down into the basket, on a hole you shouldn't ace, on a hole he couldn't have hit that tree if he tried, you look that you're not so much in control, but you can only control what you can control. And that it's all achievable if you can believe that it can happen. So on shots that I think that can't happen, they typically do end up happening because that's when you're, you know, that's when you're the most vulnerable out there on the course. You, you're at the mercy of your surroundings and your own skill. And then your just belief system to know that like, yes, there is an angle out there that can get this in there. And when it happens, you just, again, apply it to everything else in your life and go, if I just work hard and I'm consistent and I show up, I'm going to get better and I'm going to start taking care of business because... Aces used to be 10 a week. Now it's like I could walk away 10 a day. Like there's holes around here that I've hit like nine times in one day and I haven't filmed them on camera. I mean, if we go to the aces that I have not on camera from the practice and just from everything else, there's probably 200 more I could count. But these are just holes I practice all the time. So the ace is the same as it is a thousand other times in my camera roll. I don't need that clogging up storage if it's the same line. Maybe a different disc or something weird happens or the scenery is really beautiful will I keep it but there's a lot of times where you just get too much because you practice so much so yeah the mechanics strength training and then you know throwing more than one disc around I just I, I firmly believe if you just play disc golf rounds and show up to courses and then leave like oh man I shot a 52 or whatever whatever the par is for the course and you're like 18 over par and you constantly for years are over par, over par, over par, over par. Like maybe your practice needs to change. You're not throwing enough shots. Like I throw probably 55 shots in the first 10 minutes of practice. That's like way more shots than you're going to see in any disc golf round, if not that whole entire disc golf round. And that's just drivers in 10 minutes. And then I'll switch to like, like the other day I did 150 behind the back shots. I had uh, 10 discs and I ran up and down this hill 15 times and threw them all at the same time. I didn't make any of them. I parked the hole by the end of it, like every shot. I was destroyed in my shoulder, but I was like pretty happy about the results, even though they didn't go in. But I was just telling you, I did that in probably an hour, 150 shots behind the back. And that was just behind the back. So if I'm spending that minute, that if I'm spending that much time doing that, like I don't even spend that much time doing that compared to everything else. Cause I'm, I'm realistically probably not going to throw a behind the back shot in a big moment. Right. Cause the risk value is there if you miss but the reward value is like skyrocketed, right? But there's just no logical reason to not to do that. And like it's happened, but I would definitely say those are the big three though. If you can if you can do the big three, mechanical, strength training, throw more than one disc, I promise you, you're going to find that you have a superpower inside for sure. There's a superpower in all of us when it, when it comes to the disc golf realm, but you got to throw shots. You got to throw. You got to throw. You got to know. You got to know what they do and everything. Like throw. I'm going on a tangent here, but hopefully you can pull from this. But throw in all areas of the wind. Like what I'll do is I'll throw. I'll just throw horrible shots and go. What would happen if this happened? And then like run every approach to it. Finish the putt. Even if it's, if it's five feet, finish it. If it's fifty feet, make it. And like if you're pissed off that you didn't make the forty footer because it hit band and you're walking back like all angry, go back to the spot and drill it three more times. Don't leave until you've hit it more than you've missed it. So I do this thing when it comes to throwing more than one shot. If I'm like 90 feet from a hole where it could be a soft pitch or soft throw, or it could be a nice little putt or floaty shot in, I'll try to get at least two shots in before I move on, even if it's like substantially far out. Because that solidifies that, yes, you can, <coughs> excuse me, that also solidifies that your mechanics are on. You just got to, you know, keep your focus. So we can end that question there. I know that's a lot of info. Hopefully you can find stuff in there, but that's what I believe.
No, I think I think there's a lot in there, and I I think that's a great way to in the episode on the if you want to get better, if you want to get more aces, if you want to improve your game, maybe you shouldn't go out and play for score every single time. Maybe you should take multiple practice shots at the basket. Maybe yes. you should take three putts from that position. Yes. Maybe you should refine those skills because, yeah, sure, in a tournament you only get the one shot. But if you actually want to see yourself exponentially get better, you need to do the shot over and over and over again. Disc golf's a game of repetition, right? Yes, you have to get those reps in. You have to feel the disc in your hand watching the flight analyzing all of those things every every shot is a data point in your head and the more data you have the better you're going to be as a disc golfer so i think that's a fantastic way to end this episode would love to have you on again sometime and continue this dis- this discussion or go in another direction as well but before we get out of here where can people connect with you follow you where can people learn more about your journey yeah, awesome. So you can follow me at Pierce the Sky DG on Instagram. Um, if you follow Disc Mania socials, I pop on there here and there. We do collabs time to time again. But I'm primarily on Instagram. We're working on restarting a YouTube channel, but we won't even go into that detail right now. We're still young in our process. But Instagram is where I'm floating. I don't have TikTok. I don't have Twitter. I've got a Facebook, but I'm never on there. So if you want to follow the Ace Man on Facebook, by all means, I'll confirm and follow you back. But I'm really on there just to promote my Instagram. Like we are, our mission is to grow the Instagram, to grow this channel and, you know, then branch off eventually. So Pierce the Sky, DG on Instagram, or you probably could look up the Ace Man. You'll see me and you'll definitely know it's me once you start scrolling because once you start scrolling, you get lost in the sauce. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us on the podcast. Hopefully you guys took a couple things away from this and you can learn how to hit more aces yourself. It's always exciting seeing that plastic go in the basket. Thank you for coming on again. If you guys enjoyed, make sure you leave a rating, review, like, comment, subscribe, share this with a friend who doesn't have any aces and help them join the party that have aces. And we will see you guys next week.